Well, welcome to another media day. Uh, it's year number five for our staff and uh, being here at the University of Colorado. We're obviously very excited this time of year and uh, I love our team. Got a chance to be, I think, uh, pretty special, but uh, I know where we are today and where we're going to be in February and March, hopefully, is uh, two totally different teams. We've got to continue to improve and get better, and we've got a lot of a lot of room for improvement. This, but this team has a very high ceiling, and, and I like it. I love our work ethic, and um, so with that, I'll open it up to any questions you guys might have. Could you just break down the offensive tweaks you're making in a little bit more detail? Uh, yeah, we again not wholesale changes. Our, our philosophy on offense is no different than it always has been, and that is we want to attack the basket. We want to be in attack mode. We want to play inside out, um, and that can be through penetration, you know, from our guards. It can also be from posting up, you know, our bigs. We've got some pretty good low post scores on this team, so um, we're always going to play inside out. We're always going to be in attack mode. Um, really, the tweaks we've tried to make have been a little bit to be a little bit more unpredictable in some of our ball screens and to get the ball to guys like uh, Josh Scott and Wesley Gordon, Xavier Johnson, Dustin Thomas, Torrey Miller now who's a, 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 an additional big for us but to get them the ball kind of facing the basket 10 to 12 feet where it's harder for them to be double teamed and uh, they can be kind of playmakers from that 8 to 10 to 12 feet on in. And uh, so rather than be traditionally catching the ball with their back to the basket where it's predictable and where the ball screens are coming uh, at predictable spots in the floor, we're trying to be more unpredictable in, in, in terms of what we're doing with our ball screens. Yeah, a lot, playing through the elbow. Um, again, I, I spent a lot of time this offseason uh, with two coaches, uh, one guy named Steve Donahue, who's the old coach at Boston College, who uh, is I think a terrific offensive mind. He spent uh, a weekend out here in the spring and another weekend this fall with our staff and really talking offensive concepts and ideas. And then George Carl, um, I've spent some time with him, went down to Denver and spent a day with him uh, picking his brain. So some of our transition offense, uh, offensive ideas, you know, we've kind of tried to institute some of the things Coach Carl and I talked about playing fast, playing at a high pace, playing a high possession game. And then some of the half court stuff, you know, uh, some of the things that Coach Donahue uh, brought uh, to our staff. So, you know, I've always said this, you know, we expect our players in the off season to get better. Um, I think it's uh, imperative as coaches that we make an effort to get better in the off season. We tried to do that offensively this year. Um, we'll see if it's going to help or not. See what kind of offseason we've had. We've had as coaches here at, uh, with our offensive efficiency. I hope, hopefully, it's uh, it'll work and it'll help make us better. As your as your inside out passing really improved, it sounds like it's going to be critical. We've spent a lot of time on passing the ball. One of the weaknesses on our team last year was uh, our assist numbers, our assist to turnover ratio, taking care of the basketball. Um, so we like to play the game. To me, the way it's supposed to be played, where five guys are sharing the ball, five guys are threats to score every time you have the ball. Um, they're playing unselfishly. The ball's moving, and uh, you know I think anybody that has watched basketball over the last 12 months always talks about the San Antonio Spurs and, and how fun they were to watch in the NBA Finals and playoffs last year. 
and really throughout the whole season and the way they move the ball and share the ball and uh, they've got great players but so passing and catching and finishing is something we really spent a lot of time on this fall. Is it easy to get young kids to appreciate the San Antonio Spurs? No. <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> but you know what? When you got them in the film room, they're a captive audience and you know, you're in control, so you're going to show them what you want to show them. And, and it's not like they're uh, opposed to it, but yeah, if you, you ask every player on our team who their favorite NBA player is, I don't think uh, Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker will come up on their list, you know, but uh, that's okay. Um, uh, it's, it's, and it's, that's our job as coaches. Yes. Yep. Well, that's, that's an off-season project uh, for every uh, player in our program. And, and uh, we've got some guys that are better shooters than their numbers indicate and in the, the way they shoot, shot the ball last year. Um, as a coach, I don't have a lot of control over that. You know, again, we have access to our players now in the summertime, which is great. And, but it's two hours a week. And there's not a coach in the world who can make a player a better shooter in the offseason two hours a week. It's going to take two hours a day. And so um, it's my job and it's our job as a staff to make sure we're getting the right shots. And I think that, that percentage that you, you reference Tom, it's real, and uh, it's a function of shot selection, and it's a function of the guys that are taking those shots. The new offense does that enhance opportunities? I don't know. If yeah, it, it, I think it does definitely. The ball movement and and, and the spacing, uh, and some of the concepts that we've worked on, I think is going to help us uh, get more standstill threes rather than threes coming off down screens or double stagger screens. Uh, hopefully, our dribble penetration, our decision making is good, so we're kicking out to, to guys that are stepping into three-point shots, which are much easier to make than you know, coming off a screen and catching and squaring and shooting all one motion. So, um, you know, in the past we've done more motion, four around one motion, and so hopefully this 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 will help us. So, Ted, you've made it to the, the postseason tournament um, so many times, and now. What do you need to do to get past the first round in the last two years? And is that work being done now, or does it come during the season? Well, I think there's two things when it comes to postseason play in the NCAA tournament. We have to be aware of, and it's our job on a day-to-day -day basis to remind our players of that. And that is, number one, past performance is in no way, shape, or form indicative of future opportunities. And this is a new year. This is a brand new year for this team. The fact that we've been to four straight postseasons and three straight NCAA tournaments in no way guarantees this team that opportunity at the end of the year. You earn that opportunity for what you do throughout the season. And that starts on November 14th. And the one challenge we have is there's not one player in our locker room who was you know, at, at my house four years ago when we didn't get in. And so our coaches understand that pit in the bottom of your stomach and that feeling of disappointment and, and, and disgust. Our players don't understand it. Our players, all they know is the NCAA tournament right now, the ones that are in our program. So we've got to understand that it's not a given that we're going to get there. It's hard to get there. There's a lot of good teams every year that don't get there. Those of you who followed our program since we've been here, you can make the argument 
that our first year's team was our most talented team and our best team. So it was our best offensive team without question if you look at the numbers. You know, field goal percentage and fifth in the country and free throw percentage and points per game. I think we averaged almost 80 points a game that year with Alec and Corey and Levi and that crew. So um, our best team at Colorado arguably didn't make the tournament and the three behind them did. So, but they did because they defended, they rebounded, and we took care of business in November and December. And that's what I want our players to understand. November 14th against Drexel is just as important as February 14th against whoever Pac-12 team we're playing. And, and the opportunities that are there in November and December, we got to make sure we capitalize on. We don't let those opportunities slip through our fingers because at the end of the year, those are the ones that come back and bite you. So that's the challenge, is to get our team mentally, physically, emotionally ready to play all 30 games that are on our schedule. And then hopefully if we do our job there, then the postseason takes care of itself. Now, the second part of that and, and what you're getting at is if we're able to get to the tournament, what's the next step for this program? Without a doubt, the next step is advancing and winning a game or two, getting to a Sweet 16, an Elite Eight, a Final Four. That's the goal. There's no question. And I'm not going to shy away from that. But I also don't want to put the cart in front of the horse and just talk about NCAA tournaments being a given, because they're not a given. Do you think it's better, though, that your players haven't been around or weren't around when that happened because now it should be a minimum expectation of them that they are good enough that they should be making the tournament every year? We'll see with, about, about that. You know, I don't know the answer to that right now. That answer will come November 14th and the 17th against Auburn and whenever we play Wyoming after that. I mean, if they come ready to play with the eye of the tiger, with a thirst and a hunger of playing every game, you know, uh, with great energy and great effort, then yeah, that's a good thing. If they think that the world owes them something and we're just going to win because we show up, then the answer is no, it's a bad thing. So, you know, this team will, you know, every team has their own identity. And that's where leadership comes in. And again, it's, it's my job as their coach to make sure that they understand the things that we're talking about here. What is you, you said your, uh, your guys are better perimeter shooters than they might have shown last year. Where have you seen improvement uh, you know, in the last several weeks? And who's more consistent? Who has improved most? And, uh, that's, you know, that's a good question. Number, number one, you know, a couple things about our team right now. George King and I have visited. He's, he's going to redshirt this year. With that being said, he's probably shown as good of improvement from the perimeter shooting the ball. Um, and redshirting, you know, there's a lot of things that go into it. It's not just the basketball part of it, you yeah. know. And, and much like Wesley's decision to do it his freshman year, um, you know, a lot of it has to do with uh, trading, you know, a year where maybe your minutes might be 10 to 15 minutes a game and trading that for your fifth year where, you know, I would expect George to be a starter and playing 30 minutes a game type thing. So. He's going to redshirt. Again, that's assuming that we're healthy and everybody's ready to go, which right now we're dinged up a little bit, but we'll, we'll be fine by November 14th, I believe. Um, but so we've made that decision. So I'd say, you know, George King is one guy who sh shot the ball consistently. You know, I see a skier shoot it in practice every day. Again, his numbers last year, 27% from three, weren't good, but he's a good shooter. And, and he's a guy who, when he's open, he can make it. Um, 
Josh Fortune, again, a guy who's sitting out this year, is a terrific shooter. Those of you who've been in practice have seen what he can do. But uh, again, Jerron Hopkins made some big shots for us last year. Xavier Talton is a very capable three-point shooter. Um, Treshawn Fletcher hasn't shown it in practice yet, but when he gets his feet set, I think he's a capable uh, three-point shooter. Xavier Johnson has improved his three-point shooting. When he gets his feet set, he takes good shots. I expect good things. So we've got the ability. You know, Dom has been hurt. Uh, his ankle's been tweaked here. He hasn't had a lot of reps in practice, so I, don't, I really don't have a feel for him. Uh, but I think everybody's capable enough to knock, open, knock down an open three. So I've got confidence in all of our guys to so do that. You mentioned speed. Like every year he's taken more three-point attempts and his percentage has gone down. So what do you do to improve his shot selection and help him become a more efficient player? Watch film, talk to him. Uh, Hopefully maturity kicks in and he doesn't fight the game. That's the biggest thing with ski is make good decisions, no fight the game. When you're open, shoot it. When you're out open, pass it. it make simple basketball plays. Um, and uh, we're gonna keep trying. That's all I can, that's all I can say, we're gonna keep trying. And, and, and you know, ski, he wants to play well, he wants to improve. And I think sometimes maturity, hopefully being a senior, makes a difference. And there's something about being a senior um, that's special. It's your last go around. And the thing I want Ski to understand is he doesn't have to do it all by himself. He needs his teammates and just to make simple basketball plays. And if he does that, he'll be fine. If he continues to fight the game and and it gets in his head, then you know we'll we'll have more of the same. But it's it's time to understand. And, and I think he does. And Ski's mindset is good right now. And, He's ready for a good senior year. Is this last year's last Pittsburgh? Do you want that state back to these guys' minds, or do you want them not to bet at all as far as motivation going into Pittsburgh? Well, that, that's, in, that's behind us, and obviously it's, it's been pretty well documented, you know, what we did after that game. And, and sir, certainly I wanted to uh, eat at these guys. Now, when the season kicks off November 14th, those signs will come down. I want our guys focused on the task at hand. I don't want them thinking about what happened against Pittsburgh. but. Um, I don't want ever. I don't want them to ever forget it, you know. And so I want that memory to be there. And, and, uh, and to me, it's about effort. It's about execution. It's about toughness. It's about you know all the things that you have control over. We don't have control over the ball going in the basket. But we got control over our attitude. We have control over our effort. Um, we have control over our execution. That's what I want them to take from that that game and, and uh, that that idea wasn't meant to beat him over the head with it it's still up in my office too it's it's a daily reminder that we got work to do here and that 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 we can't let that happen ever again especially on that stage but again the stage shouldn't matter it shouldn't matter if we're playing Pittsburgh in the NCAA tournament or if we're practicing on November 4th at 7 o'clock in the morning at the Coors Event Center the fight doesn't change, the attitude doesn't change, the effort doesn't change. When they walk through that tunnel, it's time to hook it up and compete and get better. And, and if we just do that every day consistently, we'll be fine. The results will take care of themselves. You talked a little about that team without Corey and Levi. Obviously, that team had a ton of talent at the top. Is this team, though, maybe the most talented team you have top to bottom? We've got talent, there's no doubt. We have athleticism. I think that team offensively had some skilled guys. Um, that um, we've got more maybe athleticism. I think we 
this team could be definitely, I couldn't get that team to guard. <laughs> I couldn't get them to guard. This team will build, we'll, we'll guard. We, we will guard. And, and uh, we may not be great on November 14th, but you're going to see us get better and better as the year goes on. Um, or I'll have less hair and the stuff that's left will be even more gray. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to fight them tooth and nail. The defense and rebounding is what our team is about. It's what our team will always be about as long as I'm the head coach here. We've spent some time, again, in the offseason and certainly this fall trying to get better offensively. I just, I'm a numbers guy. If we can be in the top three in the league in field goal percentage defense and rebounding margin, and if we can get our offense to go from a 43% field goal percentage team to a 46 or 47%, we'll be fine. We'll win plenty of games. We'll have a lot of success. Will you have started yet? You know, if, if we had to start a game tomorrow, we'd start probably Askia and Xavier Talton, Xavier Johnson, Wesley Gordon, and Josh Scott. But that's fluid. It's not one of those things that I think the bench is going to be the determining factor in how this team does this year. Um, and so guys like Jerron Hopkins and Dustin Thomas and Treshawn Fletcher and Tory Miller and Dom Collier, the new guys you know, coming in, they're the X factors. I, I think I kind of got a feel for what we're going to get out of those other guys. But the X factor comes off the bench. And, and, and that starting five is not locked in stone. And it could change. We've got to make our, our practices are very, very competitive. I can tell you this, that starting five is not head and shoulders a bit above anybody else. I, I think we've got probably seven starters right now. I want to put five on the floor, so I'll put five on the floor. But that, so that could change. Could you like the development that you've seen out of that sophomore class that was that big freshman class last year? Do you like the development those guys have made? Like I do. Is? Yeah, I do. And, and again, time will tell. It, it, it's one thing in practice, it's another thing in games. And one thing, you know, as a coach, you want is you want to know when your guys are practicing and you see their strengths, you see their weaknesses, I want to see the same thing in games. What's really hard as a coach is when a guy practices a certain way and then the lights come on and he plays a totally different way. You just, I just want to know what I can count on and what we're going to get, you know, day in and day out from each particular player, and that needs to improve as the season goes on. But I like this team. With the success your team has had in recent years, how difficult has it been to get a non-conference schedule put together, and do you like how it kind of turned out this year? You know, it's funny. Um, number one, scheduling is, is, you know, recruiting is the most important thing. Scheduling is like 1A. And recruiting is hard. Scheduling is just as hard. It's really, really hard. I mean, you think people lie in recruiting, they lie in scheduling more. And uh, hard to get people to come to Boulder. Um, again, you know, the Auburn game at 11 o'clock at night is not my most ideal scenario, but it, it presented itself, you know, and, and we took the opportunity to, to sign up for that game. But um, it gives you an indication of how hard it is. A lot of people look at our non-conference schedule this year and they say, well, geez, no Oklahoma State, there's no Baylor, there's no Kansas. But if you look at our non-conference schedule this year and, and last year, and you took the previous year's RPIs, which is all we have to go with, 
because I, you know, I know what every team on our non-conference schedules RPI was last year. I don't know what it's going to be this year. That's yet to be determined. And if you make the assumption that when we go to Hawaii, if we're fortunate enough to beat DePaul and we're fortunate enough to play George Washington in the semifinals and play Wichita State in the finals, um, our RPI from our non-conference this year is actually two points stronger than it was last year. So it's actually a stronger, if you make those two assumptions about the Hawaii teams, it's a stronger non-conference schedule than it was last year. It doesn't look like it because you don't have the marquee names. But you know, Drexel's a bunch of tough Philadelphia kids that are well coached and they're going to play hard. Next, a week from Friday when we open up, you know, Bruce Pearl's going to, I think he's got eight presses. Got two of them in right now. I mean, they, you know, they're going to play a totally different style than, and and uh, Wyoming is at Wyoming is a game that really, really concerns me. You know, so there's not a lot of patsies on our schedule. Every game is a is a losable game, and, and we've got to approach it like that. Not that we're playing afraid to lose, but we better be ready to hook it up. As far as people standing up as leaders this year, as leaders girls, who's really standing up? Well, I think you have, when you talk about leadership, you always have to look at your, your senior class. And I think that's where Askia, again, hopefully he can step up and, and be that guy. Askia is vocal. He's, he is emotional. He's a, uh, he's a leader in our locker room. Um, leadership is influence, and Ski has influence on our team. Now, sometimes that influence can be positive. Sometimes it can be not positive. And, and it's important that he understands that, and he does. Um, Josh Scott. Is a guy that's stepping into a leadership role. Um, he's got his team's res teammates' respect. Again, he has influence on this team. So I think those two guys, uh, for sure. And then I, you know, I look at guys like um, Xavier Talton, who's a junior now. Great leadership um, uh, potential. Xavier Johnson has got the opportunity. Again, very emotional player, emotional guy in the locker room. Um, he's. He's probably been one of our most consistent players in our 24, 23, 24 practices that we've had. Xavier Johnson stepped up and he's, he's had maybe one bad practice that I can think of. So he's, if he, he shows that consistency on the floor and that translates throughout the year, we'll be fine. But those four guys, I would probably put it in there. You mentioned 46% uh, for a field goal percentage. You know, about. Neighborhood? Yeah. What about three-point shooting? What kind of percentage would you target there? I'd love 35 to 36%. You know, 33% from three equates to 50% from from yeah. two. So anything above 33% is gravy. Um, I'm not sure we're a 40% team, but I think we, if we're taking good shots and our feet are set, and, uh, I think 35, 36% is a reasonable number to expect. Mm -hmm. 46 to 47 on, from overall. Um, that makes your effect. If you do that, your effective field goal percentage is, is well over 50. And if you keep your defense. Now, the defense has to get better. Last year's yeah. team. And, you know, at the end of the day, my job is to keep it real. My job is to keep it real with you. My job is to keep it real with our team. All right? And the reality is, the reality is, is that last year's team was 14 and two when Spencer did when he went down. And it was nine and 10 after he went down. So that's what we got coming back. We're adding Tory Miller, we're adding Dom Collier, which is good. We only lost Spencer, 
So the challenge for our team is do we, do we go from a 9 and 10 team to a team that can win the majority of our games, or are we going to be a 500 team? I think we're a team that can be win the majority of our games. But um, the reality is that's what we got coming back. Who stood out to you so far as your best on-ball defender? You know what? I'm not sure we got one. I know we do not have, that's the, the one concern I have with this team is, I look, again, I look at the last four teams we've had at Colorado. You know, our first year, if there was a perimeter player on the other team that we had to get locked down, Corey Higgins was our guy. The next year, Andre Roberson was our guy. The next year, Andre Roberson was our guy. The next year, Spencer Dinwiddie was our guy. This year, big question mark. Big. It could be a lot of guys. It could be Ski Booker. It could be Xavier Talton. It could be Dom Collier. It could be Jerron Hopkins. It could be a lot of guys. It could be Xavier Johnson. It could be Treshawn Fletcher. It could be a lot of guys. If you've got length, you've got athleticism, you've got good feet, we've got a lot of guys on our team that have that. Um, uh, but on ball, we could have a lot of guys be great on ball defenders. It's a mentality. It's who wants that. But what scares me right now on the defensive end, I think as a team, we know our concepts, we know our rotations, but we don't, uh, we don't have that guy who says, Coach, I want to be the stopper. If we had a player that walked in my office and said, Coach, I'll do whatever you want defensively, put me on the best offensive tip player on the other team, give me a shot, that dude would be playing 30 minutes a game and probably start. I have had one guy do that. Not our mentality right now. That's that's one concern I have with this team. One more question for Coach Boyd. Um, Coach, your discussions with George Carl. Obviously, when he was with the Nuggets. He's a big believer in transition, using the altitude. Yes. Is that what the majority of what you guys talked about was about? And Absolutely. A little more in depth on your conversation. Absolutely. No, the speed, pace of the game, and you know, and out. You know, Coach Carl wants you to score in the first eight to ten seconds of the shot clock, which again, I think theoretically, I love. Realistically, now, the, the thing that's amazing about talking to players about playing fast and playing at a high pace, every player on our team, if you ask them, do you want a fast break, do you want to play fast, everybody says yeah. And then you play fast for three or four possessions and the whistle doesn't blow and their lungs are burning and their legs are tired. Now they don't want to play fast. Now they want to walk it up and they want to rest. Okay, and that's we can't do that. If we're going to truly play that way, we have to play. It doesn't mean you're jacking shots up. Now that's that's I think sometimes the misnomer is, hey, we're going to play fast. We're going to take the first shot we can get. No, we're going to take the first good shot we can get. Now that might be an open three in transition by certain players. Other players may need to pass that three up. Okay, and look to drive the ball. But the idea is you're playing fast, you're always in attack mode. You're always in attack mode. And what we're trying to get our players to understand is first attack, second attack, third attack. And it can be off the dribble or it can be off the pass. But first attack against a good defense that's set, you're probably not going to get it. Second attack, you might get something better. Third attack, you're going to get whatever you want. And it's amazing when we film practice, and we get three attacks, we end up with wide open standstill threes, or we open, end up with layups. So 
the conversation with Coach Carl was more pace of the game, playing fast, be in attack mode. And that's what we want to do. And we'd like to do it for 40 minutes. Now, if we do that, I'm going to have to play 9, 10 guys a night, maybe 11, because it's hard to play at that pace and, and keep it up. And if we do that, there's not a team in the country that can come in here and stay up with us. But it's not about talking about doing it. you got to do it. And that's um, – but I, I will say this. In college basketball, I think it's much easier as a coach, certainly opposing coaches, to slow the game down than it is to speed it up. And we're not, quote, unquote, a big-time pressing team. But we're going to lock in 22 defense. We're not going to give up layups. We want to contest every jump shot. Um, we'd like to create some offense with our defense by pressuring the ball and, and getting after it. But we're not necessarily a full court extension team. So when we go to play Wyoming, Larry Shad's going to be using the shot clock. They're going to be slowing the game down. So we may not be able to speed it up. So you've got to be able to execute in the half court as well. And there's, that's that's what our non-conference schedule is really going to test us for, is, is being able to play at different, hopefully different paces. Bruce Pearl's team, my guess is they'll come in here and try to run with us, because he likes to play fast too, he likes to press. Um, so you'll see different styles on different nights, and, and we've got to be able to play effectively at those different paces. Is that coming off uh, you know, not wanting to be a full-court pressure team and then extending your pressure? That kind of seems to differ with the philosophy that you had previously in recruiting guys for long and lean and able to do that. Yeah, I think the biggest thing, BG, why we don't press um, is because I hate giving up layups and I hate giving up open threes. So I want, I want to be rock-solid defensive. If they're scoring on us, I want it to be a jump shot over our hand. So by pressing, you know, you're going to give up some open threes. You're going to give up some late. That's just what pressing teams do. And I, I can't get myself as a coach to get over I just can't. I've tried. I've thought about it. I've played around with it. I can't. You know, you are who you are. And that's, that's just hard for me. So. When, did, when did all that kind of together in your head. It's I've, I've just the way I've been wired. Yeah. Just the way I've been wired. Yeah, I think it goes back to you know playing for Larry Brown and then just the defensive philosophy and don't give up anything easy. But we'll try to get something easy on our end. And if we so if we can if we still want to pressure in the half court, we're just not going to do it full court. So it's a little maybe it's a little hard to understand, but that's just, you know who I am. Like it or love it or leave it, right? That's the same. But anyway, um, thanks for uh, being here. Appreciate your time, and let's go Buffs.